couple things have converged this week in regards to housing and the cost of housing in Madison that I thought would be a good time to review where we're at and then uh, outline a couple of ideas and proposals that we'll be looking at in the next year in regards to bringing more affordable housing to the Madison market. First, with the, the latest announcement from WIDA that took place uh, on Monday, we are now very close to reaching our five-year goal in terms of creating 1,000 affordable housing units within five years. With the new uh, announcement, that brings us to uh, 948 units that have been proposed for development. 839 is the number of new units that will be affordable and reserved for households with incomes at or below 60% of the county median. So we need just uh, roughly uh, another 161 units uh, by the end of next year. We've got over a year and a half to meet that goal. So the first thing that we're going to do is sit down with the housing staff, review that five-year goal, which was very ambitious and uh, which I'm, I'm very pleased we're meeting in terms of creating 1,000 affordable units within five years. So we'll have to set some, uh, how should I put it, uh, some higher goals as, as we go into the next decade. Uh, we've provided all of you with uh, a uh, link to uh, a chart and a report on these goals that we've uh, just put out. The other thing that converges today is the announcement in regards to the increases in the City of Madison's uh, assessments for next year. And with that, uh, what, we, what we see is from the standpoint of the tax base, another healthy increase. What we see from the standpoint of a property owner is knowledge that their investment, particularly single-family homes, is, is going up. And all that is, is good news. However, uh, part of the problem uh, that we're facing now is that just as we've had a shortage of, of affordable housing, uh, in terms of the stuff we've been developing for really low-income families, that for home ownership, the Madison market continues to tighten and will continue to tighten uh, in the coming years. Uh, we already know that in terms of market apartments, if we were to build a 1,000 units over a 10-year period of time, uh, all we would do is basically break even with the growth in Madison's population. If we look at the map provided by the assessor as to where the greatest growth has been in terms of value, it's reflected in areas of the city where we've had for, for decades the most affordable uh, homes in terms of, of starter homes and first-time purchases. And here we're seeing increases of 10% or more over, over the previous year. 
We've seen, uh, as realtors have told us, uh, houses uh, going on the market and being sold within 24 hours, multiple bids, and oftentimes offers greater than the asking price. And so uh, we are going to continue with, with our efforts administratively to speed up the review process in terms of construction of single-family homes. We are going to continue to encourage this, this growth. And we're going to also look to some new uh, venues in regards to where we might site housing in the, in the future. And one of those areas is going to be old, tired shopping centers. We saw what happened at, at, Hilldale, over the, over, at Hilldale Mall over the last uh, 10 years where a big chunk of their parking lot was converted into ramp space and into condominiums. Well, we've got a lot of tired shopping centers in the Madison area, and we will be encouraging uh, the owners of, of these shopping centers to not only consider a more walkable design, instead of having one-story uh, buildings set far from the street, surrounded by massive parking, bringing new development right up to the, to the sidewalk and the curb as we, we try to make the community more walkable, but also to integrate multi-story housing uh, on top of retail, which would be found on the ground floor, and in some ways emulate the kind of design we have seen uh, with the Constellation, uh, with, um, with Ovation, and some of the newer buildings that have been built in the city, but with a real emphasis on affordability and creating housing opportunity uh, for people who are making less than, than $75,000 a year. So, again, just to review, we're very pleased with our progress in setting that goal of a five-year creation of a 1,000 affordable housing units completed uh, in terms of approvals and under construction by the end of 2019. We'll clearly meet that goal. We are pleased with the value of real estate in Madison, but we're also concerned about the cost, particularly of starter homes, and uh, we, we clearly need more market housing for all income levels. And, and that will be one of our main uh, focuses in the development of the 2019 city budget. So with that, any questions? at um, tired shopping centers. Are you talking about like East and West Town Mall or some more smaller centers? You know, it could be like the kinds of malls that uh, we, we see, uh, Westgate, but even the giant malls. I mean, it's estimated by uh, people in their industry that it perhaps as many as 50% of all the shopping malls in this country will, will no longer exist in 10 years. That, that, that as a nation, we have overbuilt shopping malls, we've overbuilt strip malls, and, and, and that they're going to disappear. We've already seen here in Madison, in terms of some of the older, tired properties, what have they been converted into? Some of them are uh, offices for medical facilities. 
Uh, one of them is a location for the leasing of heavy construction equipment. And, and we see, particularly for those that are centrally located, transportation access, walking to, I mean, look at West Town, kitty corner from one of our four major high schools. We see plenty of opportunity for, for innovation and creativity in, in these malls. And, uh, you know, frankly, uh, I don't think the, the piecemeal approach since you brought up West Town of dealing with the uh, shrinking of Sears and the introduction of, of one more major chain is going to really address these issues over the next 30 or 40 years. I mean, I can, I can recall uh, the excitement of the announcements that would come with the opening of new shopping malls. It was an auto-centric society. There was plenty of land, and there was room for housing. And now, as we have to deal with everything from climate change and the consumption of fuel to a realization that both in terms of the health of individuals and the health of a community, that more compact development is, is, is in order. New York City is the most energy-efficient uh, place in the United States because of its compactness and, and the efficiency of, of living working together. The failure to take care of some of the infrastructure problems are a challenge, but I think we do a pretty good job of that here in Madison, and we will continue to do that as, as the city grows and develops. And when you say, I mean, that the city, you know, wants to encourage this type of development, is this just, I mean, would this be like a financial incentive to, to developers or? Be, or I don't, I'm not sure. If, if, if there are financial incentives, it would come in the form of the kinds of dollars we're presently using specifically for affordable housing. That's a combination of tax credits that are administered by the state as well as uh, the, 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 the TIF money that we use when we close out. But again, that has to be for only the most affordable housing. So when we talk in terms of larger development, I think the answer is no. Uh, they are sitting on very, very valuable real estate. They know it. And uh, to, to, to modernize and to create better, greater places is not going to need financial incentives. It shouldn't. And then um, just one last question. Um, so, I mean, with the recent announcement of the, um, the, you know, the assessments coming out, I mean, just, I guess just how much of a concern is that in regard to the amount of affordable housing? I mean, does this, like, increase pressure on the city to want to... I think it create. I believe it does create pressure on us. Uh, both in terms of apartments and in terms of starter homes. Uh, a starter home that could have been purchased at the tail end of the recession for, say, uh, $125,000 is now $150,000. And for all those starter homes that have increased in value like that, that's taking a significant part of our community 
out of the housing market. The other thing it does is it then puts pressure on building housing outward, out in Cottage Grove, Westport, uh, Ashton, Cross Plains, and they'll continue to, uh, to, to thrive. But again, we have to start thinking about commuting, traffic congestion, and all, all of that. And the fact that people want to live in the city. They want to be a bus ride away from a Badger game, a bus ride away from the public library or State Street or, or walking distance to great restaurants and, and, and a hardware store. That's what urban life is about. And we have to figure out how to create that housing. And that means uh, we're going to have to go to greater density. And obviously, again, large malls with all that expanse of parking um, uh, is, is, is one source. And of course, the other thing we're very concerned about, whether it's a small shop on State Street or it's a retailer at one of these malls, that healthy retail survive. Um, that's, that's, that's another high priority. So, so we think that the combination of the retailer being in an area with a significant amount of housing will, will, will benefit everyone. Now, those large malls, they have, they have a, a, a regional market. I can remember that uh, the data on Easttown showed that a significant number of their shoppers come from Rock County. And, and you know, obviously for them, they will, they, will, they will need that parking. But we've also seen a lot of malls go to ramp parking, which is far more efficient as, as an answer to this challenge. 